McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to your forecast episode 159. Well, there was no game on Saturday against Barnsley, but Pompey kept up their winning streak against the mighty Burton Albion. Join the podcast today is Andy Mitchmore. How are you, Andy? Hello, buddy. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Lovely to be on as always. And yeah, always lovely to be on after three points, which is becoming a nice habit so far this season. Yeah. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. Managed to get up to Barnsley anyway. Went up to Sheffield for the weekend. Fred still was there, along with the Total Poppy News Now crew. Sad you couldn't be there as well, Andy, but we definitely had a blast. And let's bring in the man himself, Freddie Webb. How's it going? Yeah, it was a fun weekend. Went to the ice hockey, watched Sheffield Steelers, had a few nights out, which were mental, and then just watched the Blues on Tuesday get those three points that they well and truly deserved. Can't, nothing can be bad, can it? That sounds all very well and good, lads, but does it really compare to me getting an emergency root canal? I don't think it does. I think emergency dentistry. By the way, do you know how much they charge for that? For no, but I, I, I'd like to know, because I'll be honest, Andy, I, I'm pretty dubious you even had a root canal. That's a hell of an accusation, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather I hadn't. I had part one last week. This could be like the decent version of Guess the XG. How much do you think a root canal costs in emergency dentistry? A hundred and eighty. Where do you go first? Uh, first? One eighty. Okay, Hugh's, Hugh's gone one eighty. Freddie, what do you think? Uh, Three hundred pounds. Seven hundred. What? I'm yeah. Actually... Well, if you've got no dent plan, you're fucked, aren't you? Yeah, that that's correct. Thanks, Fred. Yep. Yeah. Um, literally almost threw up in my mouth in the dentist. So yeah, I mean. That plus painkillers, so no drinking was a yeah. I think we all know who had the better weekend here. I think the more interesting thing is, uh, Andy Mitchmore, was your prediction correct about when Freddie was going to throw up on the weekend? Freddie Webb, when, when was the point you threw up at the weekend? Do you want to reveal to the listeners who have been waiting around to find uh, this out? About seven o'clock on Saturday morning. <laughs> After the first night out, Andy, you were correct. If you were Excellent there, news. You would have been able to witness it, and so I can't Freddie, do. I can't do guess the XG, but I can do guess the Fred vomit. That's um, that's a win. Yeah, uh, Freddie, what, what a game for everybody to play, I suppose. Yeah, he looked an absolute state, mate. But you know, anyway, we'll move on from that. So, first of all, we're going to review the game against Burton. But on from that, we are going to do anything else we haven't spoke about or decided to talk about already, and then we're going to preview the game on Saturday, the big match against Plymouth. Let's go for it. All right, Burton. I've got to say, this was not the most interesting of games from a footballing perspective. Proudly put in our chat that it was possibly one of the worst first half performances of the season from Pompey generally. 
Andy, what was your take on the start to the game in the first half? And I heard there was quite a few poor refereeing decisions along the way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's starting to become a definite theme. It's like, oh, started a bit slow in the first half. Um, second halves tend to be where Pompey shines. I don't know what Danny Cowley's doing at half-time, but it seems to work week in, week out. Yeah, it wasn't exactly a classic first half, was it? Um, there was that. There was one decent chance where Dane Scarlett had some nice footwork in the box, hit it across to the far post, sort of half cross, half shot, I thought. Um, and I can't remember who it wasn't who didn't gamble at the far post. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, someone didn't make that gamble at the far post to get on the end of it, and it went out for a goal kick. Other than that, pretty drab half of football, if I'm honest with you. Um, I didn't think the refereeing was as bad. I thought, yeah, that there was that there was a chance it could have got out of hand during the game because you could see tempers were starting to flare a little bit. And I think one of those Burton yellows on another day could be a red. And if it had happened later in the game, I think could have been a red. But I didn't think the referee had a nightmare, if I'm honest. I thought the officiating it what it wasn't great, but it wasn't like you know, in League One we see hell a lot worse. Week in, week out, if we're being honest. But yeah, pretty, pretty dull first half for the most part. And yeah, they just struggle to break down a fairly stubborn Burton team in that first 45. Then it opened up, as I'm sure we're going to cover. I'll let you flick it over to Fred. Yeah, Freddie, it was one of those games really, wasn't it? A classical Pompey, slow start to the first half, but it, it did kick on a bit. Have Andy touched on quickly that decision. Did you think it was a red card? Two feet lunging, or do you think our yellow was fine with that? Uh, I thought I thought yellow was fine. I don't I, I don't think it was a clear enough red that it was like a mistake or anything. If a referee gave it, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I don't think it's like a glaring error or anything. But yeah, this game was very similar to a lot of other Pompey away performances, especially start off a bit slow in the first half. Team talk changed things. Burton had one chance at the beginning of the second half from Davies Killer Dunn from outside the area, who was probably their best player in attacking midfield. Then the game opened up a bit. Pompey got some joy, um, especially on the right-hand side. Ogilvy coming in, playing on his wrong side. I thought he had an excellent game, even though it's on his wrong foot. Lines it up to Marlon Pack, who just drills across across the penalty area into six-yard box. Just go straight off Sam Hughes into the, into the goal. No chance for defender. I thought it was a bit unfortunate for him. And yeah, Pompey were, were on top a bit and they started to get back into the game a lot by that point. Owen Dale, especially. I think he was man of the match for me. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? Because Ogilvy looked really composed on the right-hand side considering he's playing on his wrong foot. Although we'll come on to the Plymouth preview. It would be nice to have Rafferty back on that side as well then put Ogilvy back on the left. But he had a really strong game. I like the way Ogilvy carries the ball a little bit in this game. And he has done that for the season where he just sort of shimmies past the defender and, and lays it out to Pat for, for the goal that starts there again. Dane Scott had a chance that was ruled out for a foul. I thought that was a little bit harsh considering a lot of the fouls that were happening in the game. The, the referee sort of let it go quite a lot, I'd say. So to give that foul is a little bit harsh. The defender's gone down quite easily. But got to say, Andy, it was a lovely, beautiful finish of Dane, which just shows the confidence he's got, even if the goal didn't count. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not looking like stopping scoring. And I've just given an absolute kiss of death, tempting fate there. But yeah, lovely finish. Uh, yeah, pretty soft from from the referee, I think, or from the liner, whoever gave it initially. I think it's a very soft decision. But it's one of those where you watch it live and you just your heart sinks a little bit because you're like, yeah, that's going to get given. It's like when anyone touches a goalkeeper and you're just like, yeah, that's getting given as a free kick. 
it's just very fashionable. Or like when it's a, you know, a, a 50-50 challenge, it may be a little bit naughty, but nothing dodgy. Um, where the stakes are really, really low, you just know it's going to get given. Uh, and it felt like a bit, yeah, a bit like one of those, to be honest with you. But yeah, really nice finish. And sadly ruled out. But after we went that goal up, I mean, we just needed a second goal. I thought uh, we went through a spell there of Burton looking really pretty dangerous with the goal they had ruled out which looks like it was marginal but correct so yeah fair, fair play to the lino for giving it i think it was offside but it wasn't you know your country mile six yards offside so yeah fair play to him for spotting it and obviously the the chance they missed from a couple of yards out that reminded me a bit from well it was it was a worse version of curtis's miss from the week before at the far post from close range really got up finishing that uh, we just needed the second goal, and as soon as that went in, it kind of yeah, put the game to bed pretty much. But a one goal up, it just wasn't comfortable, I didn't think, in this one. Yeah, and that chance really came from what Freddie's favourite set play is, the long throw that's lofted into the box there. And every time Pompey get a chance down one side, Freddie's always doing the little throw-in you know, action, asking for the long throw, doing the thunderclap and everything, even though no one else is. But Burton did it with good effect, launched it into the box, win the first header, it should go in. But at the same time, it didn't go in. And Freddie, you know, we're quite lucky to get away with that one, weren't we? Your favourite long throw. Yeah, just a bit. Um, I don't mind long throws. It's only when literally the entire game plan is long throw that I don't like it. But it worked well for Burton there, Sam Wendell. I don't, it was very likely you should have scored that, to be brutally honest with you, from the, from the head of the back post. But no, surprisingly, he didn't. And then, Again, on that right-hand side, Ogilvy having some joy on there, not being pressed that much, I don't think. Having a lot of time on the ball, low pass to Owen Dale, who just put in a delicious ball in for Colby Bishop. Bishop ran in front of, you know, ran in front of the defender, slots it in the corner, job done 2-0. Was it lucky for Pompey? A tiny bit. Over, uh, overall, looking at his better goals, they evened out, I think. It was 0.76 to 0.7 in Pompey's favour in total for both teams. So it wasn't as if it was, you know, it wasn't as if Burton deserved it purely on the statistical point of view. And I don't think they did enough to get a win against Pompey. They might have been able to scrape a draw, I suppose. But no, it was the um, second half that clinched it, thankfully. And with the Colby Bishop finish, it's a beautiful finish, isn't it? A real striker's finish showing that with Dane Scarlett, who's doing a lot of the work, a lot of the, the sort of logging around, a lot of the sort of holding the ball up, coming a bit deeper and letting Dane run onto it. And that sort of changed a little bit when Piggott came up front and came a little bit more of the focal point and enabled him to get into the box there and put a, a lovely finish across the keeper. Absolute scenes in the Pompeium. 2-0, job done, really. Um, Adebeju for Burton Albion, exactly what we thought on the tin there. He is a player who likes to run around quite a lot, but can't finish which is what Barney, Barnsley fans told us so pretty happy we swerved that one even he, very, he took his goal he took his goal well that he was offside suppose, but apart from that he didn't do a lot no lots of running lots of huffing and puffing that would be a typical Pompey striker that would wouldn't it uh, yeah well, I'm not going to name it not this season <laughs> exactly get that, get that positivity out there Bunce. not this that's season what, well that's what I mean that would have been this additional Pompey, Pompey uh, strike force we haven't got that this season but it's yeah, fair to note all of those strikers at Pompey who, you know, went to other clubs and just failed miserably, like, you know, Connor Chaplin and Michael Smith. Just they can't they can't score at other clubs. They don't come top of, you know, any goal scoring charts. It's yeah, 
just it's classic Pompey, eh? Uh, and he's just pining for for Michael Smith. He wanted us to sign him rather than than Shepherd Wednesday. He had a little oh. tear in his eye when he saw them poach him off us, as he thought. Give me a Michael Smith and Owen Doyle top two. Oh, you'd trade in Dane Scarlett and Colby Bishop in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Owen Doyle, the man who told me he's going to score bags of goals at Pompey in, in person and then just failed miserably. I'm not, I'm not taking responsibility for that, he's but embarrassing. Scored, he scored more at Pompey for other teams than he has for Pompey at Pompey, which is a, not a great... Well, that isn't literally true. I haven't, I've just made that up, but it seems about right from what I've watched. I'm sure that is pretty right. Um, there's not really too much more to say about this, apart from the Nicky Cowley celebrations at the end, given at the big end. Absolutely love that. Love that. Love that. There are a couple yeah. of other bits and bobs on the game. A few little bits. Uh, great assist by Oscar Woodley, um, the nine-year-old kid in the stand who dried the ball with a towel because the Burton players just refused to do that for the Pompey players for a long throw, which was stupid. But yeah, great assist by him and a nice article in the news as well, talking to his dad, which is really nice. And then... Analytics-wise, uh, Danny Curley mentioned that he picked Conor Ogilvy instead of Swanson for the physical aspects of the game because he knew that Burton would be a handful from set-piece and then in other areas. Um, it was useful that, well, A, he had a good game, but B, the team as a whole, Pompey won, basically had better statistics in every single duel category, whether it be overall duels, offensive duels on the ball, defensive duels off the ball and aerial duels as well. I could read out all the accuracy stats if you want me to, but I'm not sure we have time today. But yeah, they were ahead of them in every single category and Burton was supposed to be a physical side that outmuscled Pompey all day long. So that's, it just shows how successful that game plan was. And for the the fans of the uh, Football Clichés podcast, touch a class from Burton, tweeting, wishing Pompey well, wishing their fans well for the trip home. Honestly, just scrolled through the replies, just class from Burton Albion. Touch of class. Yeah, yeah, ah, oh, class. Do go well this season. They're just go a well classy football club, Andy. Wishing you all the best for the rest of the season. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just had to say something to half the fans in the whole stadium, didn't they, by doing that, really? You know, we paid for half the attendance there, so Bush as well. Thanks very much, Pompey. Cash in the pocket, move on, the, move on with life. All right, there's nothing else to say about this, is there? Should we just get into the next bit? I think the only other thing with Owen Dawes, man of the match, he, he was successful in five out of his six dribbles. And Outstanding. that was one of the main things he was excellent at, getting on the ball, driving past defenders. His crossing was also fairly decent as well, but he was just a presence in the final third. He woke up that second half really well. But, yeah. I thought he did really well in other games, actually, at Fratton Park, but the, the analytics didn't necessarily favour him. But he's one of those players who gets on the ball and makes something happen, drives at players, and it, it was really nice to see him get the assist. It's the green boots. It adds about... 0.35 to any expected assist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Fred? Is that how stats work? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of stats, are we playing Guess the XG or are we doing that quickly? Of course we are. Say it with more confidence, though, please. Obviously, speaking of statistics, Andy, we're playing Guess the XG. Way! Guess the XG. Very exciting. Uh, current, current standings are 3-1 in Hughes' favour. Andy, Andy, could, Andy could conceivably call it back, though. Uh, so I think the only appropriate statistic to pick is Colby Bishop's goal. Who wants to go first and pick what the expected goal was for... Andy, it's actually your turn Bishop's to go first in this one. So hit it, it out. It's my turn to go first. How exciting. So... 
bread. Mm. You might have to cut out this silence, what I think, you, I'm afraid. Silence is all part of the suspense, Andy. Silence is golden, as many songs have told me. I will go with Colby Bishop's finish as 0.23. I'm going to go with 0.18. Andy Mitchellmore gets it spot on as well. With oh, off. Yeah, absolutely. Gets it absolutely on the nose, on the money. Oh, uh, that's, that's actually... I don't know if we have a bonus point system for exactly on the money. I, I don't think know. we should, should we do that. One on the spot? Oh, no, that's been started at the start of the season. <laughs> but that's in like... You can't, you can't just add rules. No, but I think this is along. the first ever time that's happened. Oh, I'm really emotional. It's up, it's up to you, Fred. You're, you're the you're the XG master. If you want to bring Andy tied, then, you know, go for it. Oh, yeah, but you know what? I'll, I'll let the listeners decide. In the... Um, where we release the pod on Twitter, say if Andy should get a bonus point for getting exactly the right XG for Colby Bishop's goal, and it will be either free two or free all, depending. I on can't believe opinion. it. He's just got his Wisecout account open, and look what's happened. I know, right? Funny that. I spend like twenty five quid a month, and uh, suddenly I start getting guess the XG right. <laughs> oh, shocking! Absolutely shocking. Um, no, I've um, I, I I do not have Wisecout. Lies. Anyway, let's move on. We've got a few teams that have been in mixed positions in the league, but this is going to be a big one, isn't it, on Saturday? We've got to play Plymouth, who are third in the league. Plymouth are on what I would say is pretty much a tear at the moment, and they're not facing um, easy teams to play against as well. They've so far won five games in a row, 3-0 against Forest Green, 2-0 at home to Bolton. It's actually five. It's actually four games in the league, so I'm going to read that out properly. They beat Derby 3-2 away, and they beat Oxford 1-0 again. They play quite attacking football, quite exciting football, as we know from Plymouth. We played them three seasons so far, playing a 3-4-2-1. They've got PO forecast favourite Morgan Whitaker now playing for them. Although I did see he wasn't playing in the last game, but he's already got three goals for them. He's got the likes of Ryan Hardy up front, Danny Mayer, Finn Azaz as well, who's been playing in the two in behind the strike. He's got three assists for the season, I think, as well. So, Freddie, I'm going to fire over to you with your view on Plymouth, but this is going to be an exceptionally difficult challenge, is it not? Maybe the hardest challenge so far at Fran Park. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be a hard game. Um, up there with Peterborough in terms of difficulty, I think Plymouth play a very progressive and attacking formation and style of play, which would be quite difficult, I think. That front three of um, Hardy, Azaz, and Whitaker. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of chances. There's a lot of clear cut chances in that front three. It's going to be very fluid. They're going to look to stretch Pompey's back four a lot. And if they if they get the run in midfield, if they're going to overrun the midfield rather, I think there could be a lot of difficulties there. They also have very progressive wing backs, but all, who aren't defensive liabilities either. There's Barley Mumba, that's right wing back who used to be a CDM or a centre half. He used to be he used to play a bit both. So he's got the physical aspects to play defensively, but also he creates a lot of chances going forward as well. There, it'll be an incredibly tough challenge for Pompey at Fratton Park. They play in a slightly... Off the top of my head, I'm trying to compare them to Peterborough. I think Peterborough likes to be on the ball a bit more than Plymouth do. I think Plymouth are slightly more direct and penetrative with their, with their play, if I had to have a comparison. 
It's had a bit of a shaky start, apparently, to the season. But Cooper's always a decent player in goal. They're, they're all around good team. Edwards on the right-hand side is pretty decent. They've got Matt Butcher. Pompey could have been player. This is going to be a difficult challenge. Andy, what's your take on the game against Plymouth? Yeah, it's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Having said that, I mean, their start to the season's been good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, teams like Forest Green, you'd expect them to beat realistically. I mean, Derby have been weaker than you'd imagine them to be uh, before the start of the season. Obviously, Peterborough, they've beaten at home. But, I mean, we've beaten Peterborough at home. They got smashed by Charlton 5-1, although they did have uh, a man sent off in the first half during that game. It's definitely, the, I would say, the biggest challenge we've had so far other than potentially Peterborough, which turned out to be an okay game for us. Plymouth and Ipswich are now back-to-back games. So, And I think Ipswich have got Wednesday this weekend. So it's, what, first place, fourth, second place, third in the league. And it could just be such a nice, again, a football cliches thing, nice statement of intent, really, to, to get a result here. I mean, realistically, I'd take four points from the two games really, really happily if we can maintain the unbeaten uh, unbeaten record after these two games. I mean, say it quietly, but what, Invincibles? Just, just <laughs> no. Say that very quietly. No, I'm, I'm very God, much being, I'm being so tongue-in-cheek. Don't worry, lads. Yeah, I think it's probably, well, it is going to be a tough game, don't get me wrong, but I would back us to get three points from this game more than I would in the following game against Ipswich. I think it is extremely winnable if the second half Pompey turn up for both halves rather than the traditional first half Pompey you start a little bit slow from time to time. Another interesting thing I found just looking at some of Plymouth's analytics, like Peterborough last game, they have a a fairly marked difference between their actual goals conceded and their expected goals conceded. Conceded nine in the league so far with their XGA being 12.36. Again, small sample size. We're not sure how... That gap, that gap would mean a lot more if it was near the end of the season, I feel. But just like the Peterborough did, they, 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 the Peterborough didn't know, didn't know what to do defensively when they were out of possession. If Plymouth were of a similar mould, then it doesn't matter if um, Plymouth controlled the game a tiny bit more because Pompey have already shown so far that when they're on the ball, they create high-quality chances, even if they don't dominate the play the entire game. So it's just a little something to keep in mind. Interestingly, Plymouth have the fifth highest PPDA according to Opta. So they're not likely to press us that highly during the game. Not that aggressive on the ball. That's quite an interesting stat compared to someone like like us in Peterborough. I think that could benefit Pompey quite nicely because when we have looked in, in trouble or in relative trouble this season, it's generally been through mistakes under pressure at the back, be it centre-back defensive slip-ups, be it misplaced passes from the goalkeeper coming under pressure from a, a high press and being closed down after a back pass he didn't particularly want. Yeah, there was a time for so, that in the Burton game, wasn't yeah, there? They're, they're exactly, cop- yeah, exactly. Co- Griffiths copped it off straight to the um, the midfielder. I can't remember what minute it was in or anything. Oh, I think Raggett got the block in, I think, from memory of the shot. Yeah, exactly. But it's occasions like that where we have looked troubled. So if we're playing against a team who don't utilise that high press as much, if it can take a bit of, bit of, a bit of heat off the back four or I'm assuming it'll be a back four, then uh, I think we'll be a lot more comfortable. Because similarly, I mean, we get so many of our chances from winning the ball back in the, the well, our final third, in the other team's defensive third, but we do seem to be a little bit susceptible to to pressure in that position. So yeah, that bodes well. 
Yeah, apart from that, there's not too much more to say about looking at the analytics. Some of their stuff's pretty simple to us, actually, similar to us, actually. You know, pass per sequence, pretty similar. And that time having the ball, pretty similar. So it's going to be an interesting game about two teams that want to get on the ball and play. And Plymouth will try and play the ball in their own half a bit and then break quickly. But I've got I've got some good feelings about this. But let's fire over to you, boys. Let's get to the meaty bit of the situation. Freddie Webb, I want to know your goal predict your I want to know your prediction for the game on Saturday as Plymouth and any goal scorers, please. Ooh, tough one. Tough one. I think Plymouth are a slightly better side than Peterborough. Just from the few comparisons and the and the highlight packs I've been watching and some of the stats as well. So I'm gonna go, might be a bit negative this, but a two-all draw. I'm going to go with an Owen Dale brace for Pompey, but then Ryan Hardy and Morgan Whitaker scoring for the Pilgrims. Andy Mishmore. I'll go a bit more positive than Fred, uh, hopefully in a non-COVID sense. I will go for, I'll go 2-0 Pompey win. I don't think we'll concede. And in terms of goal scorers, Scarlet one and Pack one. But we haven't really backed the centre backs to score much this season yet, have we, lads? In the predictions, no. Although I have won some serious money on Connor Ogilvy this season. Although I've not predicted him to score on the podcast, I have actually. Oh, maybe I have actually. Who knows? But I haven't actually put my money where his mouth is. I'm going to go for it. Why not? Let's do this, boys. I'm going to say a two-one Pompey win. Goals from Dane Scarlett and my boy Connor Ogilvy. 2-1, Ryan Hardy just seems to be the player that always scores against us. So let's go 2-1, Pompey win on Saturday. Are you going to put your money where your mouth is with that bet, Hugh? I am. £2.50. Slap that on. Big <laughs> spender. Right, last, last of the big spenders. Watch out betting platforms. Not that we endorse it, exactly. obviously. I'm coming to you. <laughs> Anything else to say? I'll wrap this up. Wrap it up, boy, I think. Andy Mitchmore, thanks for coming to the podcast. Always a pleasure, never a chore, mate. Lovely to see you both. Uh, speak to you both on Saturday. Freddie Webb, always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, nice to see you guys again. Thank you. Unfortunately, I will not be there on Saturday because I am drafted into work, unfortunately. So while the game is going on about, I don't know, roughly two miles away from my house, I'll be probably writing about the Queen, presumably, because that's all I've been doing oh, this week. What, what's happened to her, Fred? Uh, for not a lot, mate. Not a lot. Yeah. She's had a quiet week, has she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, a, just, just a quiet one with the corgis, you know. No, nothing big. Just, just chilling. She's doing a lot of chilling this week. Yeah, yeah anyway, a, lot, any, a lot of resting. Anyone who sits next in the stand, uh, Freddie has been replaced substitution for Proudy, who is taking the ticket off him and coming down to Fratton Park. So, YouTube people, watch out. He's here. Oh, it's Proudy coming channel. down. He is. Yeah, he's oh, going to take a nice one. He's taken over Freddie's seat basically and standing next to me in the ground. So, we'll be meeting up at the brewery as always. On the Saturday, usual time, come along, say hi, and have a pint if you are about, basically, and you, for some reason, have nothing better to do than talk to us a lot. Oh, by the way, I want to say that Andy, Andy, I want to say some of Freddie's dance moves are exceptional on the dance floor. Uh, oh, I'm busting uh, some shapes again. I don't remember them, to be honest with you. I, I, I like, believe I, that. The sort of the final countdown, which can be deployed to any music, sort of uh, dancing, you know. <laughs> Honestly, the, the last <laughs> last time I saw Freddie dance, it was something. It was a weird combination of the slut drop and the Harlem shake, like halfway in between the two. And it's it's something that's very hard to describe, but that's probably the closest I can think of. 
That was a very uncontrolled slut drop. Mm, mm, that was probably the trebles doing that, to be honest. So, some girl in the in the, one of the nightclubs we were in was convinced that Proudy was someone off Love Island, which again is great. So I don't watch the show, so I'm not sure. The, the only one with a beard who was in that. Adam. She thought she thought it was Davide. Yeah, David. she's convinced a hundred percent that he was Davide. <laughs> if if he didn't take the opportunity to walk out going, "You're a lie, you're an actress," then uh, he's completely missed an opportunity there, Proudy. That's shameful if you haven't done it, mate. No, I didn't pretend to be him at all. I I would have gone yeah. down the route of having a laugh about it, but you know, we we're all quite drunk. I think he was leaning against the wall at that point, and Freddie looked like he was going to throw up in the corner. So you know, is what it is. But which Love Island character is Freddie from this year? I don't know. I don't watch it. I'm afraid. Uh, I haven't watched it either, so you're, you're allowed to figure that out on your own, Andy. I mean, that doesn't sound like a very fun segment. So, uh, listeners, let us know which uh, Love yeah. Island character does Drop Freddie Webb like. Drop us a tweet. Let us know which Instagram character Freddie is most like. Which Instagram character that is? Oh, I can't. I'm tired. Which, uh, which Love Island character Freddie is most like? Well, it's got to be better than me being called Josh Windass, but anyway. Yeah. Well, no, mate, um, at high school, my nickname at that point was Adrian Childs with one of my friends, which is worse. <laughs> Thankfully, I've lost, quite, I've lost a lot of weight since then and my hairline's got better. Robot Wars guy. No. What? No, that's Craig Charles. Oh, that's yeah. Craig Charles. Adrian Childs, you know, the, the football presenter. Oh, yeah. The West Brom yeah. fan, the bloke on the radio. Yeah, yeah. really bad hairline, quite... Was quite overweight at this point. He has many oh, jowls. You've got a great hairline, mate. What are we on about? Honestly, on about? I've, I've honestly blossomed in the last fifteen years. It's a uh, I've I've aged well. Compared I've got to, to say, you haven't done a Wayne Rooney then and just hair implanted it up. No, not as yet. I give it another ten years. My dad's got a bald patch, so um, I imagine that will hit me at some point. So I'm I'm just growing it while I can. Until then, toupee on the way. Here we go. Oh, absolutely, mate. It's in the the, uh, the Google Chrome bookmarks already for the future. <laughs> I'll send you some some tips about I don't know what I'm on about now. I've got really, just, really I, good I hair. Do, tips do about hair point. last year. You're not losing out, are you? In your no, mate. Look at this, mate. My hair is beaut. This is great for an audio podcast, gents. Just want to point out that our conversation about Instagram, Love Island, and losing hair is actually now, I think, longer than our Plymouth preview. So we've definitely prioritized well on this week's pod. I've I've got to say this is what happens when we're not at a game because they strip it away from us and we don't get to go. We just end up talking yeah. about people in nightclubs and who looks like Freddie Webb. Mm. Mm. Um, Fred, I am surprised though. That, I mean, currently it's a 2.6 mile queue to see the Queen. I'm surprised you're in your room instead of reporting on the spot from the queue on sort of Blackfriars Bridge or something. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed you're not on the ground. No, I, I, they, they wouldn't pay for my train tickets to London, would they? I don't know. No, you don't ask if you actually. Don't uh, actually, no, 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 one of the reporters from the news will be in London on one of the days. I just don't know which one. I'll be in London on Sunday and Monday. So if you want a remote report done, mate, I'll be I'll be based in Peckham. So it's only about. Well, it's not very far to to South Bank from there. I w- I work in London and I will have to go past somewhere in there. So I suppose I could take some photos on my camera phone whilst you know having a pint or something. Yeah, right? feel free Honestly. to feel free to send across films of the queue and whatever. Bunch yeah. is going to be a nightmare trying to. Get I will not London be on Monday. I would not be doing that. Anyway, I always wrap this up now because until next time, (laughs) stay up, Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now, available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.